Hello everyone, this is your Fungin Master David Hallman. Before the episode gets rolling, I just wanted to take a minute to talk to you about the Enchanted Manor Meadery. The Enchanted Manor Meadery is the official meadery of the Texas Renaissance Festival and actually one of the first places in the alcohol industry that I work. They make very good mead with a variety of flavors ranging from traditional to Earl Grey. When everything goes back to normal and you can finally sit down with all your friends and family and play Dungeons and Dragons again, I think this is one of the best things that you can bring to the table to celebrate together with. And if you would like to buy some mead from them, you can go to mead.today and use offer code POD10 and that'll give you 10% off your order. Oh, hey. You must be the one Rose told me about. We're gonna sit down now. All right, I'm gonna teach you a very important game. We call this game Whiskey Patience. First, you're gonna get your whiskey. All right. Now, the next thing you're gonna do is not drink the whiskey. That's pretty much the game. Uh, now you can make it complicated, start yourself a fire on it, like that. You can make that fire go real big, or it go real small. And then I'm just gonna put my hand over my glass like that, fire goes out. Now, the next thing you're gonna wanna do drink the whiskey you gonna drink yours best from afar and far from the best but it's better than good is good better quest Welcome back to Good Better Quest. I am, of course, your Fungin Master, David Hallman. With me, as always, are my friends, and we're going to play a game of Dungeons and Dragons for your entertainment. There's going to be a small twist to this game. I think I have a head cold. (laughs) (laughs) So, earlier I asked Nolan, it's like, Nolan, what happened previously on Dragon Ball Z? Because I don't, I don't think so good right now. Um... I'd, so, I'd brain hurt. Wait, the twist no. is that it's going to be bad? <laughs> uh, no, the twist is... The twist is... <laughs> All of Faerun has a head cult for some reason. David's going <laughs> to... Everybody's a little You'll, bit snuffly. Everybody's a little bit congested and isn't completely following the conversations that are happening. Mm, mm, um, I like that. So previously on Dragon Ball Z... Yardi had a really great plan for figuring out who all had made a deal with the Ristabeth. Sorry, no one had a really great plan. And then he fucked it. He fucked it. 
He fucked it. That was my I'm plan all along, go... though. You just didn't yeah, know. You... you gave him too much credit in the beginning, and it came I back did. and bit you, you built him ass. up. I did. I all of my feeling about that was genuine, and then he just and then he just executed that plan. Like the Bay of Fucking Pigs. And y'all, y'all, David edited out, David edited out all of the kind things that he said about Nolan in the last episode. Because at one point. And they were beautiful. I wept. They really were. It was truly, truly kind and beautiful. No, I want you. No, and I want you to keep in everything I said about your plan because it just makes my downfall that funny. People can feel your disappointment as well. Yes. Like a majestic alley oop. And then slam back down. <laughs> when, when, when the Fungin Master in the game dies, I need Yardy to lower him into the grave just so he can let him down one more time. Oh, damn. Anyway. <laughs> damn, that was harsh. I'm sorry. Look, anyway, the DM guys were going to the woods. <laughs> God fucking damn it. Anyway, after that, one of the more serious deals uh, discovered from the uh, the situation with the Risa Beth was that Front wanted to be one of the greatest singers and to do that, the tree from the ring grew up his arm and broke his jaw. Cash, swinging his dick like significantly <laughs> large Dick Johnson decided, hey tree by the way terrifying conversation with the tree that Cash used with his speak with plants ring. <laughs> Cash said, hey, what if I take Front's deal instead and you leave him alone? Uh, which was a very brave and stupid thing, but it was still cool. We rolled to see if it could happen. It didn't, but Cash's big hero moment has been noted. <laughs> I'm scared what that means. You're like, the tree remembers this. <laughs> the tree. <laughs> like when you play Dragon Age. Morgana will remember this. <laughs> the tree will remember this. Oh, God. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I didn't just pee a little. It's fine. We're all It's good. all right. No one peed. After that, Cash <laughs> went and showed everyone the portrait of Moth, and Madia showed up. And said that she had a job for you guys. Yeah, she does. <laughs> I just that's listen, y'all. That's the fucking bow chicka bow wow of our generation. It is. That's it's yeah. All right. So before we walk in, Dirac looks at Cash and at Yardy, and he, and he this is like far enough away that he's not near the door. He looks at Cash and Yardy. He says, um, All right, look, y'all. I don't know what's going on. There's a lot of things we don't know yet. i tell you this, though. If it comes down to it, I'm on Moth's side. I hope y'all gonna come with me. Cash looks up at Durak. I mean, still intimidated to hell by Durak at this point. But Cash feels kind of the same way and doesn't know how Yardy feels at this moment. So kind of just looks at Yardy like, <laughs> yeah. And then slowly does two thumbs up to Durak like, yep. Yardy is absolutely blinded by rage at the thought of losing his best friend, but he's also a supportive best friend. 
So he's going, yes, Moth. She's so good. I do. <laughs> I do love that you write songs about her, and that you want to spend time with her, and not your best friend. But yes, I trust her as well. Yardy, do you? Cash leans in closer. Yardy, do you have to use the bathroom? I mean, you're, you're just, your tone is just, you know, you're like, are you okay? Are you okay, pal? Yeah, Yardy's tail just flicks and he goes, you know my routine so well. <laughs> <laughs> he sprints down the hall. <laughs> he does a big shake and then he runs back and he goes, okay, I think I have suppressed it for now. <laughs> Siggy pipes up and uh, she says, I I trust you guys and I'll follow you. I don't I don't trust her. She took the Nobog trumpet, she took that boat. What's she doing? I don't Well, I guess technically it was more of a ship than a boat. But she took it. And I'm nervous about what that means. Yardy rolled a twenty-six in sleight of hand, and he's giving her a low five so that nobody can see it. I think I think that's legit. <laughs> Durak, Durak looks at Siggy and he just sort of nods. All right, Siggs, look. I understand. Here's a lot she's done that she's going to have to answer for eventually. And I'll make sure that happens. You and me, we go back further. But you remember that time? Everybody was in the cave and y'all left me outside with her. We drank together. We we swore to protect each other together. It was a short-term promise, but we both kept it. Six, I can look across the field at a predator and know whether he's coming for me or I'm coming for him. And when I look at Moth, I know she ain't coming for me. So Six, if I'm wrong, I'll make sure you get out first. I swear to you. She nods and and she holds out her gauntlet for a subtle fist bump. It's just pink. Pink. Madia is walking ahead of you guys and it, it's by now you you realize she's not guiding you to her office. She's actually guiding you to Headmaster Winterhold's office. And you guys want to go to the woods? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she knocks on the door and it opens. And inside you see Headmaster Winterhold at his desk. And he looks tired. He looks frazzled and he gestures for you all to come in Madia closes the door behind him and he says I have heard of your adventures and heard of um, who you've run into I cannot ask you to do anything except what you feel is right should you run into her again? Durak relaxes a little bit. And that's all I have to say on the matter. And you see Madia 
look at him incredulously and she says, that's it? He says, yes. Part of coming to this school is making your own decisions on who you want to be. I've already told these children, these, sorry, these young adults, about the consequences of using what they've learned for evil. I know they'll do the right thing should the moment arise. And Madia just, you see her gritting her teeth and she walks out of the office. Professor Winterhold takes his his glasses off and rubs his eyes. He says, I really don't need this shit. I'm, I'm, I'm up to my tits and enough as it is. Oh. Yardi sees that Madia didn't bring them here because she thought that they were going to be essentially dismissed like this. And I think he feels that something is a little off. And he casts Detect Evil and Good. Describe to me... what Read, read me the description on that. What, what exactly... Detect evil and good. <clears throat> For the duration, you know if there is an aberration, celestial, elemental, fey, fiend, or undead within 30 feet of you, as well as where the creature is located. Similarly, you know if there is a place or object within 30 feet of you that has been magically consecrated or desecrated. So you, you've, you've cast this after Madi has left. Yardi, your detect uh, evil and good. I mean, you you don't detect anything. You get a small reading of Fay from Cash. Um, <laughs> wow. But I, I will I will say that you know that this he's got a very large office, and so you you are detecting inside of his office. You do get like some readings here and there from some of the items in there, but you get the feeling that some of those are. Things he's collected and stuff. Yeah, yeah, things things he's collected. You don't get anything off of him. That's why I didn't want to do, like, detect magic, because I know it'd be like, you're in oh, an yeah, archmage's no, office. What are yeah, you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Ow! <laughs> Headmaster Winterhold says, um, So the other reason I wanted to talk to you is, um, Some more artifacts have gone missing from the vaults and I am taking it upon myself to meet with teams individually and he makes eye contact with Siggy and he says the shadow fabric and the heart of Toril have gone missing if any of you have taken this no, these these items, including Mask's Drift Globe, which has been missing for quite some time. If any of you have taken these things, I will take them back. There will be no repercussions. And everything will be fine. I'll put them back into the vaults. But if I find them anywhere in your dormitory... Or on your person, there will be consequences. Derek looks at Siggy, like side-eyed, 
and his his expression simply says if you tell me that you don't have it now then I'll never doubt you she she looks at you and she looks at headmaster winterhold and she says i promise i i don't have anything i you know professor avilo has has stressed how important it is that those items stay in the vaults and and so i i'd leave them but i i'm unfamiliar with the heart of toral what what's that one he says the heart of toral is a powerful binding it's also known as toral's broken heart it's a fist-sized stone that's able to make intense powerful connections between objects what makes the heart of toral so dangerous and so powerful is that it can make a strong enough magic user it can give them the power to connect any two things and manipulate them as they see fit Yardy is looking at Cash extremely intently Durak's looking at Yardy and Cash Cash is sweating like even though he's done nothing and has only heard of the shadow fabric before is sweating bullets and then upon hearing this is just like sick to his stomach and he can tell that Yardy is just like "Hmm, Yardy's going to step in front of Cash after he looks at him and he's going to give Cash a similar look that Direct gave Siggy uh, because he knows I don't think Yardy knows that there's a heartstring between Cash and Moth but he knows that Cash is acting towards Moth in a way that he hasn't towards anybody else and he's going to look at Professor Winterhold and say Headmaster Winterhold Headmaster Winterhold and say are there ways to tell if these items have been used on, say, an extremely good-looking bard? Or if there are any ways to tell that, uh, well, somebody that we might know could have them all in one location? He says, I don't know if there is any particular way of finding them. Um... But at this point, I'm beginning to think that they're all being taken to one location. Whoever has one most likely has all of them. I tried to get the budgeting to put tile on all of the pieces so that we might find them later, but we just couldn't swing it. I, and, and, you know, I just couldn't figure out the app. And I, I, and that's I'm why we should always switch over to a steam program because then you can have science, technology, engineering, <laughs> art, and math. <laughs> Y'all, Durag has Durag has takes about Common Core that are so fucking hot. 
It is like as he says, what what is Turek's intelligence? Is it eight? Oh, it's low. Hold up. Yeah, it's, it's never not been high. Easy. <laughs> it's never been easier to know how stupid Durak is. Yeah, yeah, his intelligence is an eight. He doesn't get I, I it think, just in general. Yeah, he like as he's saying this, like just a small trickle of blood comes down his nose. <laughs> no, just, no, I blacked out. <laughs> oh, I'll have to talk about Rose. Talk, talk, talk to Rose about this later. <sighs> but Headmaster Winterhold says the last time. That Toril's broken heart was taken. It was used in combination with a staff called Lolt's leg. And I fear whoever is trying to do this is taking these items to do something with it again. We will be increasing security around the vaults, especially Lolt's leg. And they will be told that anyone who does not have the proper credentials that approaches that fault, they will be killed on sight. I just want you to know how serious we're taking this. Yardy steps forward and says, Headmaster Winterhold, I understand that we are still students, but I believe that all of us have really cut a metal the last several missions we have had to take. I have a suggestion that you may not find standard procedure, but I believe it could kill two birds with one stone. I'm listening, Mr. Dribblejaw. Give Lolt's leg to Cash. He gives Yardy just the most strange look, and he says, I... I'm sorry, the fuck did you just say? <laughs> Yardy. Cash goes, the fuck did you just say? <laughs> Durag wipes his nose and goes, huh? <laughs> Yardy's, Yardy's tail turns to face Cash, kind of like a, just, like, hold like on, a, just, yeah. Just, <clears throat> calm down. <laughs> and he says to Headmaster Winterhold, the outlaw moth, we have run into her. Durak and Siggy several times. It sounds like she is at best procuring some of these items. If you seem to think that there is a purpose between the item you are concealing and the items that she currently has, maybe if we were to incentivize her to come out, we might be able to play both sides. Upon hearing that, when he says play both sides, Durak kind of like, who's been sort of leaning against the wall in the back beside the door the whole time, kind of stands up from where he's been leaning and he goes up to Headmaster Winterhold's desk and um, like standing across from him more or less respectfully um, says, all right, look, Headmaster Winterhold, I believe by now my debt has been paid. I want you to tell me right now you aim to do any harm to Moth. I do not aim to harm her, but she has used resources from the school. She has used school resources. Headmaster Winterhold, I need you to understand this. If you aim 
to do any harm to Moth. You and I are on different sides. I tell you that because I like you and I respect you. And you probably saved my life, but I have paid my debt. And I will tell you right now, I will walk away or I will fight you or I will die fighting you. But we will be on different sides if you were after Moth like that. He nods. I need you to give me a charisma saving throw, Direct. All right, right on. Uh, what is my... Oh, yeah, my charisma is something else. It's a plus zero. Okay, good. Uh, twelve. Okay. You feel an overwhelming calm come over you as Headmaster Winterhold gestures for you to just, just chill. And he, he says... Calm down, my dude. Everything is fine. I do not wish to harm her. You have seen firsthand what we do with students that misuse property. She will be imprisoned. And that is all. That ain't and good you, enough. You, you do feel like you you feel you're not mad. Okay, like okay, he, okay, okay, okay. He's, Sorry. Yeah, yeah he's, he's just... Talking to you, he cast calm emotions on you. Okay, okay, he, yeah, yeah, I dig, I dig. Yeah, and so, so he, he just, he's just trying to calm you down, and he, he says, "It's fine, I understand, but maybe you need to see one of the many things she's done." And he gets up, and he gestures for you guys to follow him. I think the camera pans back over to, to Yardy and he's standing in front of Cash and he has cast a uh, shield of faith around him and he's touching Cash and he's cast resistance so that he can get, you know, help on any saving throws that he needs. And like, he's sitting there just like, ah, ah, what's happening? <laughs> I must protect my boy. <laughs> <laughs> so like all of that goes down and he's just going, oh, <laughs> yes, Follow the headmaster. Okay, that's what's happening now. <laughs> Durek is following like half a step too close to head, headmaster Winterhold. He actually slows down that so that you can walk side to side. Respect. All right. So Durek pulls up beside him and matches his pace. He guides you guys back to the vaults, and there are two dwarven guards, heavily armored, at these vaults. He gestures for them to step aside they look at him in the eyes and he makes some other gesture with his hands one you you can't really understand and they nod and move he guides you into the vaults and you all recognize these because you all went through orientation where you were in this maze this strange magical maze and you follow Headmaster Winterhold, and at some point, like, it's just insane, this maze. At some point, he walks down a hallway, stops, turns around, and goes back the way he came. And it's a different room entirely. And Durak, you are in a room that is familiar. It's where you and Tack found this party with, with the rotted food and the banner that's broken and Headmaster Winterhold takes his staff and he taps it on the ground twice and an illusion appears 
showing this party in full swing. Everyone is dancing and everyone's having a great time. And there's a banner that says, congratulations, Nettie. And you see Professor Avilo walk into the room and a woman approaches him that you don't recognize. And she says, Nettie, it's so good to see you. How are you? And he doesn't respond. Someone give me a perception check real quick. That is a nasty 20. Nasty 20. Nasty. I rolled a 23. Oh, well, fuck me then. All right. Well, both of you, <laughs> I, I would say both of you notice in the door where you came from, you see a drow standing in the doorway, in the shadows, holding a long black magic staff with tendrils holding onto a red, glowing, pulsating rock. And you see a black heartstring connecting from that rock to Professor Avilo. And the woman looks at Ivilo and says, Nettie, are you okay? And he throws his arms to the side and just chaos ensues. There are small robots flying from his back. He said we don't recognize this person, the drow? It's Maud. Duh. But I mean, like... But I mean, Is like, she wearing her mask? No. So we wouldn't recognize her because the only right. person who's seen her face is Cat. No, you saw the portrait. You guys saw the portrait. Oh, oh that's right. That's, that's right. right. Never mind. Yeah. I'm dumber than Durak. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Sorry. <laughs> dumb as Durak. That should be a shirt. Juice. Like, GBQ, dumb as Durak. Dumb as Durak. Um, Professor Vilo spreads his arms and just this auto-mechanical suit surrounds him and he goes on a killing spree. There are no survivors in this room. And when it's done, you see the armor go back into wherever it came from. And he's moving with purpose, but you see tears running down his face. But he's moving as though nothing is wrong. He's moving as though he's just done what he was supposed to do, but he's crying. And Headmaster Winterhold slams his staff into the ground again, and he says... I understand that moth can be very persuasive and likable. This ain't nothing about likable. This about she saved my life more than once. You ain't done that but once. That's fine, Durak. She needs to answer for her crimes. Yardi puts a hand on Durak's shoulders and gently pulls him back. He's going to lean into Durak's ear and say... 
You can trust her. I, I understand what it means to be saved. But to force someone to do something as horrible as this, he's right. She needs to face justice, at the very least. Jurek looks at him real cold, but he backs off. Truthfully, I feel imprisonment is a very light sentence compared to what she's done. This was one room, Durak. This was one room of many in the school. I can understand that she may be a different woman now, but she needs to... He's, he's choking up a little bit. She needs to answer for the things she did to Nedrag and to all those students. I will not kill her. Death is too good for her. And he wipes his eyes with his beard. <laughs> and he says, this is all I will say on the matter. I trust you. I trust you to do what you think is right. And he, he just, his mouth is agape for a minute as though he's trying to find something else to say, but he just shakes his head and he says, I trust you to do what's right when the time comes. And he guides you guys out of the vaults. I, I would say after this, like he, he doesn't really say anything else to you guys. The, the walk back is silent. About halfway through the walk back, Direct turns into a bear and just sort of sulks back behind everybody. I, I think for a minute he tries to match your pace because he, he thinks you just want to be a bear. But when he sees you, you're trying to get a moment to yourself, he, he picks up on it and he continues. Siggy hops off of Cherry and Cherry is walking on its own behind everyone and she's riding on Durak's back, just, just giving him scritches. And when you get out of the mines... Headmaster Winterhold begins walking back toward his office and he doesn't say anything else. Yardy wants to go see Nedrag. I think he still wants to get his hands on the the staff or the wand, Lolth's leg. Yeah. Because he has he has some investigations that he wants to do, but talking to Nedrag is his first priority does headmaster winterhold leave us at his door or is he does he have anything else he's to left say? you he's left you at the top of the vault stairs like he guided you out of the maze yardy's gonna turn to cash and probably just cherry i imagine that siggy and durak are further behind um <laughs> he's, he's gonna turn to cherry and and cash and say i need to understand what happened prior to that? I'm so incredibly worried about you, Cash. I know that she treats you well, and I, I understand the need for companionship, but if that were ever to happen, I would find a way to kill her. 
if she did that to you, there is no place she could hide from me. And he's going to hug Cash as hard as he can. And then he's just going to walk away. Cash doesn't say anything or make any movement because it's it's become abundantly clear that Cash could have been Nedrag. Could be Nedrag. And hearing Yardi say it, it just like made it more concrete uh, in his brain. And Cash just stands in the hallway for a long time. Completely still. That's where I'll leave it with Cash. <laughs> Direct obviously heard that. I mean, he's not too far behind with Six. Upon hearing that, uh, went, goes through the painful transition of going back to being regular old Durak. And it's real gross. And uh, like I feel like Siggy probably off. laughs about it a little bit, and Durak's okay with that because it's Sigs. You know, like I feel like I bet there's a certain element where he's like, "I'm gonna turn back right now," where it's real awkward for her. You know, like like <laughs> like there's a, there's a sense of there's a sense of uh, silliness between the two of them that exists. That's like really like born of an intimacy of being captured and escaping together you know like there's like a yeah there's a there's a place there so Durak goes through the 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 change back into his half-orc form and um he stands up and straightens his like straightens his shit out a little bit and um he got he goes down to where cash is and uh and he puts a puts arm around cash's shoulder and he says um if it makes you feel any better, if it came down to her or you, hey, Artie, <laughs> she's fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing what that means coming from Dirac, I mean, that is very, like, <laughs> big. Oh, yeah, no. Because I, I think that's part of it, too. Like, hearing Dirac defend her so vehemently, um, even after watching the the replay essentially of what happened you know there's this a fear of you know cash is already i'm already terrified of direct <laughs> you know and and hearing like well i don't care i'll you know i'm on moth's side it's like oh, okay so now i gotta fight moth and direct cool 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 <laughs> so um you know i i think hearing hearing this cash is still so emotionally numb from just what uh has happened this whole time. It's it's sinking in what what Durak is saying. Like I I still think Cash is pretty like blank, kind of still processing all of this, but gives Durak a a solemn nod and you know kind of like a you know I I appreciate what you say. Thank you. Somebody probably ought to tell you already. <laughs> <laughs> And with that, we're going to go over to Yardi and Nedrag in the artificery, in the artificing workshop. Nedrag, Nedrag is um, actually working on something of his own. It, it, it looks like he's, he's trying to do some maintenance on his brass leg. Before Nedrag sees Yardi... I'm sure he knows that I'm in the office, but before he turns around and, and sees that it's me, Yardi is going to slip off his blunderbuss off of his shoulder and just place it on the artificing table next to him. And he's going to sit down without looking at him and just say, I have 
some things I would like to add to this. Nedrag looks over and you see him stop messing with this this leg, which by the way, I think this is the first time you already seen him not wearing his brass leg. Oh, oh, it's like off. Oh yeah, no, it's off and on the table. Oh. And and you you see this black just this dead leg essentially that he has with these these dark veins uh running through it. He doesn't seem to look at at his own leg. He doesn't seem bothered that you're seeing it. And he looks at your blunderbuss and he goes, "Ooh." Oh my. It's quite impressive. Yes, I I received it recently. Uh I I cannot take credit for its current state, but I know I meant to keep working on it. I would like to add my family's names between the stars of Salune. And he's gonna he's gonna turn to Nedrag and look at him and go, We came back from the dungeon, and I saw what happened to you. I saw the string between you and that wand or staff, whatever it was. I have to believe that the strings I have found are stronger than any some magical item could cast between me and my family. You... You see Nedrag take the brass leg off of the table and, and put it back on. You see him flip a switch on it, actually, and it closes on its own. And he says, I got tired of having to take it off manually every time. Yardi, I will teach you these these things. Uh, I'll teach you how to etch it into there. It's it's not difficult. He takes your blunderbuss. He looks it up and down. He touches it. You you see him actually take his finger and he runs it through the what what is the big bell at the end of it? What is that called? Yeah, it's just called the bell. Oh, okay. He runs it on the inside of the bell and licks his finger. And he says, "This hadn't been fired before." <laughs> Yardy Yardy gives him a quick grin and goes, "Well, it was placed where my old blunderbuss was. I get the feeling this is not my old blunderbuss." Hmm. Uh, one one addition. David described this last episode. It's it's a white oak stock with a brass barrel. It, it, he and I talked. He said at one point the stars were going down the barrel, but the way that yeah. I see it is that there's seven stars on the bell of the barrel, and the seventh star right in the middle on the top is actually a cutout, so that I can use it as a sight. Yeah, that's awesome. No, I, I loved that when you described I it. I love that. Nedrag takes it. And he begins taking some tools out of a nearby drawer. 
and he he spends a, a couple hours teaching Yardy how to etch him, and he makes it a point not to etch it himself. Like he he lets Yardy try to etch things into just some scrap metal to try and get him used to it, and I I think they. You probably do it that night, right? Yes. Yeah. So yeah, if, yeah. if Nedrag's available and he's shown me how to do it, I I have my name and six other names that I I etch into it. Yeah. So I've I've drawn everybody's name in what I'm referring to as given to Baxi names, because Yardy has his name that he puts on everything. On the blunderbuss, there are seven symbols that he wants to put on there. Directly beneath the cutout star, he's going to put his own name. So he he draws the Yardy Dribblejaw symbol that he puts everywhere. Between the cutout star and the two stars directly beside it, directly to the left of the cutout, he draws Cash Black's name that he's given. And Cash Black's name looks like a Valentine heart on its side, but where the dip comes in to make the little heart at the top there's a line that comes down, so it looks like a C and a B with a heartstring coming out of one side. To the right of the cutout star is a D with two claws and an I and an H to make Durak Ironhide. To the star left of Cash's is a cog with an S in the middle of it for Siggy Widgets. The two stars to the right of Durak's are two double J symbols. Uh, one double J at the top has a half moon or a crescent moon on it for Jim Jim's the cleric. The one next to it, the two tops of the J's make an F for Jim the fighter. And the one all the way to the other side, he looks at Nedrag while he's doing this one. He's very conflicted. He says, Nedrag, I need you to understand something. I'm putting Moth's name on my gun. I have to believe the evil she has done. And the the bad that I feel coming from her can be redeemed. As much as I may be jealous of her relationship with Cash, I have to believe that what Cash sees in her is what she truly is. And if we are able to find that again, then she is part of my family. And I will find a way to make sure that you can feel that as well. And he puts an M and a B in the style of a moth. Nedrag nods as as you're telling him these things and he sees you etch her symbol into your blunderbuss and he stands up and he says I am happy to help I will always be here to help but so help me God if you ever say her name in front of me again and you see tears running down his face again and he's shaking 
And it, it almost looks like he's got shell shock. And he wipes his face and he looks at you and he says, that was very out of character for me and I apologize. Yardy gets down on his knees so that he's he's eye level with Nedrag. He, he grabs him by the shoulders and he says, I felt lost once, but mine was just physically alone. I have no idea what you've been through. He pushes your arms off his shoulders and he says, I don't want to talk about this. And he begins to walk away. He, he climbs the stairs up to his office out of the workshop and he says, just clean up when you're done. And you hear his door lock. Yardy finishes up putting all the symbols on his gun and and he grabs it and he, he puts it back on his shoulder and he wraps his tail around the barrel and he thinks really really hard and he goes Salune I I can only ask so much of you I understand but if there is any peace you can give Professor Avilo I ask that you give it and then he walks to meet his friends. Direct, like, walks outside of the office, kind of ahead of... I mean, he knows Cash is behind him, and he kind of walks out ahead. Kind of under the moonlight, he stretches, and he's, like, popping all of his joints and knuckles and stuff. And um, just kind of waiting for Cash to come out, kind of collecting his thoughts. Uh, because he's conflicted. And that's not something that Durek is used to. Durek is normally, a, you know, very black and white. This is this, this is that sort of situation. Uh, but right now, the black and white is that he's on Cash and Yardy's side first, Moth's side second, nobody else. And so he's kind of outside kind of thinking through. Um, and I really do. I think that his, his whole thought is, um, if I have to kill Headmaster Winterhold, how would I do that? Cash, uh, after Durak comes over and says, you know, that he he would pick us over Moth first, Cash kind of pulls it together enough and wanders outside to sit with Durak and realizes that, I mean, we haven't had that many one-on-ones. You know, Durak and Cash have been a team for quite some time now. You know, we share this room, but the most of our... One on one, Cash is even with Yardy, and Durak's close with Siggy, and so Cash wants to take this opportunity to, to go outside and sit. Just wherever Durak is, Cash just plops on the ground next to Durak. <laughs> As Cash is so tired of standing, and is so sweaty, so <laughs> so sweaty at this point, and just plops down next to him. Drek sort of side-eyes him a little bit, wishing he was a few inches further away, but it's okay. And, so close. <laughs> and so close. So close. God. So fucking social distancing, oh. Cash. <laughs> so, like, so Durak looks over at Cash, and um, he's been thinking about his whole, you know, allegiance and everything. And um, he says, look, uh, you and me got this in common. We ain't youngins like the rest of them. 
you've seen some stuff, I've seen some stuff. And, um, and he like, he pauses for a second and he kind of like gathers his thoughts even more carefully. And, and he looks at, uh, cash. I think we're about to get into something that's bigger than all of us. We ain't young no more cash. We ain't young no more. This right here, this right here is going to be a fight. Not like nothing we ever seen before. There's, there's powers here at work that I don't know nothing about. Cash, what you going to do, man? What you going to do? Direct, I, why, why me in all of this? I don't, I'm not strong like you. I'm not magical in the way that Yardy is. I'm not smart like Siggy. I have, I can crack a joke and apparently flirt with the only person who is evil enough to break into the vault at school and murder a bunch of students at someone else's will. <laughs> you love her. I don't know. All right. If you'd have I said love... yes, I'd have been worried. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... I love Yardy and I've I love you and Siggy and I would fight to the death for any of you but <laughs> What am I going to do? <laughs> you're going to pick a side and you're going to stay there. <sighs> I've picked my side, Durak. And Durek just nods at Cash um, and kind of like taps him on the shoulder with his fist a little bit, just a little, and um, heads back to the dorm. Cash puts on his hood from his cape and uh, disappears into the night. Good Better Quest is a Final Plank Media production. Today's GM was David Holman. Players were Kate Huff, Doug Hawley, and Nolan Lacey. Music provided by TabletopAudio.com and Kevin McLeod. Introduction music, A Prelude of Space, by My Instant Lunch. As always, thank you for listening. <laughs>